three, two, one, roll the Welcome back everybody. Today we explore with the $100 million webinar man and co-founder of Rapid Crush, why webinars are so powerful, how any business can use a webinar to better serve and sell, and three, the structure of a killer webinar right there. Welcome everybody, the OG, Jason Flatlian. Yes, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm gonna take notes because this will make me a better businessman and I'm excited to have you here. Jason, what are you currently working on? Oh man, the best promotion we've ever done, which is incredible. Because I've been in this business for like 14 years now. And you know, 2015 was so good to us. I never I thought it'd take another decade to reach those numbers again, but we're hitting them this year. So I am super pumped up and super blessed and fortunate and grateful. Super cool. And what has made it, what has accelerated the, the estimated projection? Yeah, uh, three things mainly. One is uh, obviously COVID has disrupted the normal way of being. And so people are now doing the things that we'd always told them that they should be prepared to do. Like, you know, real estate agents were like, oh my God, I couldn't show my houses physically. Well, you should have showed them virtually. You know, I, I get it. We all wait to the last minute to pack before we go on vacation. But uh, a lot of people have been forced into this new way of communicating. And we were well positioned to take advantage of that, not take advantage of a negative way, but to, hey, people need help with these things. We're properly equipped to help them. So that's a big part of it. That's the first reason. Um, the second reason is we are in the crypto space now, which is something I never thought I'd ever be in. Um, eight months ago, if you would have said, dude, this is going to be your jam. I would have said you're insane, uh, but nonetheless, uh, here I am. So I think, uh, you know, like we made our big profits when Amazon was the emerging thing, where it was at that point in time where there was enough meat on the bones for third party sellers to get involved, but it wasn't saturated. It was a sweet spot. Um, that was like e-commerce revolution. This is like currency revolution. So that's even more significant. So that's the second thing. Um, and then the third thing is just simply the harder I work, the luckier I get. So occasionally, if you build enough core competencies, um, when the time comes to utilize all these different separate skill sets that oftentimes don't get to be used harmoniously, sometimes the, the stars align. And so I think those are the three main factors, uh, you know, two black swan events uh, and a lot of preparation. And then boom, now it's time to harvest. So I think that's why. Who knows, though? I mean, I, I can't tell you. I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> our, our listeners are also very bullish about the blockchain technologies. I am a, a Bitcoin passionate person. Also, also quite recently, but full in, all in. And um, I, I've just bought two Bitcoins for my kids uh, when, when it dipped to 45 this week. Just one for the one for one kid and one for the other kid. That's how much I believe in the future of it. What is your involvement with with blockchain, with crypto? Yeah, I uh, I've published this gentleman named Dan Hollings off and on because some what we try to do a rapid crush. Let's take a step back here. Is 
we try to create the best uh, opportunities and the most unfair advantages for our customer base uh, when it comes to making money online. So generally, we're the ones that create those courses. So I know webinars, I create a webinar course, and I teach people how to use webinars. We're really good at affiliate marketing, so we teach affiliate marketing strategies, and we were really good at Amazon, still are. So we would either teach Amazon strategies or we would back who we felt was the best if it wasn't us or if we couldn't be the best. Uh, and so in the crypto space, uh, I follow Mr. Dan Hollings, which is a guy who we publish because we've published Dan since 2011. Uh, Dan came to me initially and was like, hey, dude, this this I was on a dumb phone, you know, one of those Nokia bricks. And he's like, the mobile web is going to take things over, which is obvious now in hindsight. But back then, no, none of the web was mobile. I mean, you had to serve up a separate web page for mobile visitors than you did for regular visitors. It was very convoluted. It wasn't obvious. But uh, he, he came to us and he says, I, I, I want you guys to publish my mobile marketing course. Uh, and we did. And then off and on throughout the years, we had published them. So Dan had came to us and was like, hey, I'm doing this thing in crypto. Check it out. I checked it out. I immediately was like, this makes sense because... Um, as a publisher, I've had over 100 people or come to me and say, hey, I want you to publish my crypto course. Because if we get behind something from a marketing perspective, we usually do significant numbers. Uh, and I never liked anything I saw in crypto. Uh, I thought if it all felt very scammy or it didn't feel like there was an edge involved. And so when I'm looking at promoting anything, whether it's a course I've created uh, as an affiliate or as a publisher, I say, where's the massive advantage that we can give somebody so that that way, if they do more things wrong than right, they can still make money and still be successful. How do we eliminate risk without capping the upside of the risk? That's the sort of thinking that we get into. And so I'm very happy to, if I see that, take all the biases that I previously held against something and put them aside if it's obvious to me. Uh, and so that's kind of how I got into the crypto and the blockchain space very, very myopically by focusing on one small element, which is uh, the volatility of crypto and how to use that as an advantage. And then from that, you dip a toe in the water, you put your ankle in next, you put your knee in pretty soon, you're full in. Because now you know the depth of the water, you have a lifeguard uh, and you know how to swim and you know how to do the backstroke, the front stroke, the butterfly and anything and everything in between. So. Uh, that's what's happened. Uh, I do feel scared for a majority of people in crypto uh, because they don't have an advantage. And unlike business, which is generally, it can be win-win. I exchange an intangible thing like an idea for a tangible thing like your money. Uh, we both can get the better end of the thing. If you want the intangible thing more than you want your money, then we both win. Uh, in markets, typically, where you're trading currencies, Somebody loses and somebody wins. Um, so the 95% typically fund the 5%. So you got to have an advantage there because literally like a dollar or a Bitcoin or a stable coin or whatever the currency is you're measuring in, get measured in goats if that was the currency, right? Somebody loses one because they lost the bet or they were wrong in their investment for somebody to win in the short term. In the long term, if you think, hey, this thing is going to completely uh, be the thing, then you just sit there and wait for 20, 30 years, and then you win no matter what, which is a valid strategy, but unfortunately runs completely against human tendency and human nature. <laughs> so many people leveraged their bets, and they were washed away this week in a tremendous yeah. manner. It was an avalanche of... Uh... Totally. 
Yeah. I mean, we did pretty good this week. I was very happy with the numbers I saw this week in the crypto world. And other people like you and, and, and me, we are we are in for the long term and we, we see the dip and say, okay, should we snack? Well, I mean, I made money. I do both. I, I make money in the short and the long term. Uh, but this isn't a crypto uh, interview today. This is a webinar. So we can talk about the psychology behind how we structured that webinar, which is the, the best performing webinar I've ever been a part of. Uh, yeah. But I digress. And let's start with why webinars are still the thing. Because many right now, oh, webinar. I've been in a hundred. They just want to sell me something. It's a half an yeah. hour waste of time. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do it. Let's get them on the bus. It's a great question. Um, any, if you analyze any sort of market from the perspective of here's a bunch of consumers who all sort of want the same thing. So, you know, the diet market, people want to lose weight. The stock market, people want to make money. Uh, the, the online market, they want to grow their business. It doesn't matter. The pickup market, they want to get more dates, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, if you analyze any market, there's this concept of the 80-20 rule, which we all know from a productivity where, you know, a few things will get you a majority of your results. But people don't realize that's a rule that extends beyond the, the productivity. 20% of customers in a market spend 80% of its dollars. And more specifically, about 4% of customers are going to spend about 40% of its dollars. So these are the serious people of your market, not the hobbyist or not the halfway in, halfway out folks. Uh, and so at any given time, 98% of the people in your market, they're going to want to watch a 60 second TikTok video and that's it. Um, they are not going to want to come to a webinar and they are not going to want to invest significant interest and effort and time and thought and emotion into solving a problem because it's not a big enough problem for them to be invested to solve. Uh, but there's a small portion of your market who, if you do a two hour webinar, they say, is that it? I want two more hours. I want four. I want six. I want eight more hours. And these are the people who say, listen, I'll spend five hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollars on a solution, provided it's the right solution for me. But how will I know if it's the right solution or not if I don't get information and insight in advance? And so there's a lot of education that needs to be involved in this. And what I like about a webinar is it condenses the cycle. Meaning typically when people want to make serious investments who are serious about solutions and don't weigh their money too heavily and in terms of whether or not, you know, like they don't just say, oh, I'll, you know, yeah, you can cure my cancer as long as it's $10 or less. Right. It's like that's not the folks we're targeting. Um, generally speaking, you need to have a multi-touch sequence where you're like, you know, 7, 10, 15, 20, 30 days to get them to the point where there's enough trust trust built, there's enough education that's taken place, there's enough rapport, et cetera, et cetera, and then they'll buy. Um, so it's effective, but it's not the most efficient. So I like the webinar because it's both effective and efficient. I can very quickly in two hours or less state my case and get a majority of the, the possible profits, but also in a way that's very ethical. What I mean by that is, our whole MO when it comes to webinars is let me show you what it's like to be my customer before you have to risk a dollar. And then if you like what you got for free, if it was truly valuable and life changing to you and insightful to you, um, then it's not a risk at all to buy what we're offering. And I think that's very as a value first approach, just not partitioned up over a 21 day period, but instead a 90 minute period. So it's more efficient. So I feel like it's the best way to serve the market that is the most likely to be in the market for a real result 
who is not going to be limited by their inability to invest in themselves. Uh, and then we can we can help them get the biggest result. So we get the most, we give the most value to the market. And as a result, we're compensated the best. So in so short, that's that's why I like webinars. So it's not the first uh, time they see us. They saw us and now it's, are we talking third contact point, fifth, tenth? Generally, the flow goes like this. Hey, I'm doing a webinar on this time and this date on this topic. Here are four reasons you should attend. Register now, right? Uh, and then they sign up and then they come to the webinar. And then on the webinar, you, you do essentially 60 minutes of value building. And then you make an offer afterwards, after you've proven your worth and your value to that audience, then you give them the opportunity to move forward with you if they want to. Um, if they don't, you've empowered them to make a decision. Uh, most people don't make a decision. They, they stay in maybe territory, which is not useful for them, not useful to you. Uh, and so you allow them to make a decision. They can make a decision point of sale. You can do follow up as well, which we absolutely do because certain people, they know when they know and other people need to think about it and sleep on it for a little bit. And so typically it's like, hey, come to this webinar. So that's the pre webinar marketing. Get them to the webinar on the webinar. The first thing we do is transform their identity. That's a unique thing that I, I kind of pioneered, I think. Um, we had to transform their identity from somebody who feels helpless related to their problem to somebody who feels empowered to have leverage over that problem. Uh, and then we give them a, a way of doing it that may be more convenient for them than doing it on their own, right? Um, I could show you in the Amazon space, uh, and I do this. This is a webinar we've done very effectively where we show them exactly manually and on their own how to do the whole model, 100%. And then we're like, you know the whole formula now, and it's just a matter of, is it more worth it for you to have these tools, this automation, the stuff that can take hour long calculations and turn them into minute long calculations? Would you like the scripts and the tools that allow you to go through and contact these brands and be a reseller more efficiently that we've battle tested, right? Uh, they could absolutely 100% do it on their own. And I like that because you've empowered them and you've given them a choice on how to proceed if they want to proceed. And then they usually, if you've done your job right, they realize it's more costly to do it on their own than to do it with you if they're the right person. Uh, and so some people will see that, understand that right away. Other people will have to deliberate on it, think about it, consult with somebody, and that's totally okay. Uh, we just put an end limit generally on you know three or four or five days of follow-up. So it's kind of like, and we just use the replay. There's nothing more to it than that. It's like, here's the replay. It's available for a limited time. Check this out. If you like it, here's a special offer. We always make special offers on webinars because otherwise, why do the webinar if it's not going to be special? You want to hook people up for investing the time in themselves. So you do the webinar, you make them an offer. At the end of the offer, there's a time limit associated with it or a cost of inaction, uh, a penalty for inaction. And then the, the promotion closes and it's done. Now you can do it again a month later, three weeks later, you can do it on a per audience basis. Like for your audience, it's a special deal for this time to his audience is a special deal for that time, whatever. Right. Uh, but in short, that's the whole mode of communication. It just gets right at what matters most for the consumers who want to seriously get a handle on their problem. And that's the mode. That's the mode that we use. I love it. When do you know, because I'm already thinking as soon as this works, I'm going to put an, an ad behind it and push it even more. Yep. But first, 
when do I know that it works? How will I see that I have found now the right targeting and the right message and the right offer? Well, you kind of don't. <laughs> I mean, you'd usually, usually it's high paid guesswork. Um, the, the factors that I analyze a webinar with, this is why I love a webinar too. It's a living, breathing organism. Uh, a lot of marketing is done pre-recorded and you don't get to see in real time the interaction that the audience has as they're consuming it. So there's been times when I've done webinars where I've built up to this huge reveal and then boom, I reveal it and nobody's impressed. And I'm like, okay, I screwed that up. That's pretty obvious. Uh, and you know, I, I wax poetic for 15 minutes on a topic people didn't care about. There's other times, and this is where the real gold, in my opinion, lives, is there's other times when I will throw a, lay, a throwaway line out the side of my mouth that I didn't think even mattered, and it will light up the chat, and everybody will go nuts. And we say in posts, and we analyze that webinar, we say, oh my God, this is what they really want. Uh, I, I've, I have made countless fortunes on when we taught something and we had seven out of the eight things right, but one thing in the middle wasn't quite right. And it broke the whole chain of, you know, you're as strong as your weakest uh, link of the chain, right? And we're like, okay, we'll just fix that. Um, and so a lot of what we look at initially is what grabbed emotionally, what created confusion, which confusion will always create hesitancy. Uh, where can we make clarity? Where we right on what we thought was important? Where we wrong? Let's adjust it. Let's try it again. Um, now, there's a million factors that can come into that. It's like you could have the right message but the wrong audience. How do you know that? Well, you don't really know that. You put it in front of somebody, you see what happens, and then you try it again. You could have the wrong message and the right audience, and that's even more troubling because. You're like, you don't realize in many cases, the difference between thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars is you just got to tweak the messaging. Uh, and then there's times where you have the right message and the right audience, but the wrong offer. They're with you up until every point, and then you make the offer and then you lose them. But what's great is you do this enough, you're going to notice and you're going to see the patterns and you're going to be able to make the adjustments. And that's when you can scale. So it, it's slow up front in one sense, but then it's really quick when you open the floodgates. But there's another factor going on here in the webinars. If you do them the way that we teach, uh, which, you know, a lot of people don't. I don't know why. It's kind of like if Michael Jordan was given a clinic on basketball and you're like, nah, I don't, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it the way this guy at my local YMCA is teaching. Right. Uh, did I compare myself to Michael Jordan in webinars? I guess I did. I don't know. Right. Uh, but a lot of people don't do it our way, which is. You want to communicate to your audience that you are truly there to provide a service to them and that you are there to absolutely first and foremost help them get leverage over this problem that currently consumes them and really uh, renders them impotent to solve their problem. And if that can be communicated, your audience will give you 100 whacks at the pinata. Um, you can come back to them over and over again because they're like, OK, this person is different. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. A majority of the techniques that I've developed in, in, in webinars um, have came from the first year I was doing webinars. I would just go until people quit asking questions. And so it was like, I would do my whole presentation. I remember the very first time this happened, I had like my slide deck and when it was done, I still had like 70 people on the call or something like, I think it was like even less than that, I think it was 50. But the chat was still rocking. I gave them my offer. I showed them everything I had. People were still answering questions. So I said, you know what? Let me just hang in there. 
So for another hour, so we're on hour number three of this webinar, right? So I did two hours of training, two hours of everything that I had, and there's still people that are captivated. So I went another hour and I made two sales of a $500 product. That's a thousand bucks an hour. Um, still a decent amount of money for me, but it was a significant amount of money for me back then. So I'm like, okay, cool. And there's still like 40 people left and there's still some chat activity. So I went another hour and I made one more sell this time. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not making 500 bucks an hour. For most people, that's a pretty good trade-off. Um, yes, it's inefficient in the sense of you closed one person in an hour out of 45. But here's what I didn't notice. There's two big benefits that came from that. Benefit number one was I got to rehearse new material. Um, you know, when you get to hour four, you're not too concerned about the pleasantries anymore or what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate to say, or am I following true technique? At that point, half the stuff you're doing is just to amuse yourself. So you're trying all sorts of new things that you would never dare to try. And some of them work. And sometimes because they're unique, they work better than anything that's ever been done before. And so that was the big part. It, it helped me develop a lot of technique because I got a lot more time on the field uh, in front of real customers with real interactions. But here's the other thing. I didn't realize this, but the subtext of that is to, it communicates to your audience. I ain't quitting on you. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to hang in there with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to provide service to you and value to you. I'm not going to give up on you. And I will go through trial and tribulation in order to hang in there with you and help you. And that more than anything is going to really build this connection with your audience. It's a very intangible concept, but the idea becomes if you do that, your audience will, uh, if, if, if they're on the fence, they don't know if they should buy or not, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Because they're like, he believes in this more than I believe against it. So therefore, I'm just going to give him money because his belief is strong enough for the both of us. Um, and so you're going to see that if you do that. So that's that's what happens on a webinar. If you come in, that's one example of being service minded. People are now going to feel comfortable enough with you to let down their shields, the shields they put up with every other uh, producer in the market, because you've earned the right to truly know what's going to make the difference for them. Because they don't care what you know until they know that you care about them and then they will open up and then they will tell you what they really need. What right. You, in, this, in these debriefs where you analyze with your team uh, the, the details, which material do you analyze? The body language, the chat? What, what is most helpful? Yeah, for me, it's mostly the chat. <clears throat> I don't even analyze the sales. Um, at first, uh, I don't even look at the sales. I know it sounds ridiculous. Um, two things. I have a business partner, Wilson Matos, who's, who's like, he's the CEO of the company. Like he pays attention to the details. I, I try to stay higher up than the details, the bigger picture stuff. So he'll let me know the statistics when I need them. But for me, it's feel. Now, this is intuition at this point in time. You do this thing a couple thousand times and you're going to be able to rely more on intuition. But what I started was I would analyze the chat and, and I don't analyze it the way anybody else does. And it's very frustrating for me to see this when I work with clients, because they're going to say like, you know, here was the attention rate because my webinar software tells to talks to me about attentiveness. And here was how many people that stayed on by this time. And here was the drop rate and blah, blah, blah. Here's how many people commented. Here's how many. Co I don't care about any of that stuff. I mean, I do, but it's very minor to me. It's like, the flow of the chat 
if I say, hey, how does that land with you? And nobody says that sounds good. That may be a problem. Now, it may not, because there's two reasons somebody would be speechless. One, they're in awe. Or two, they're unimpressed. So you have to suss out the difference between those two. Um, is, is the chat all short one, two, three letter words? Or are there people spilling their heart and soul in the chat? Now, there's two types of individuals that will spill their heart and soul to you. Uh, the unhinged. <laughs> so you got to be like, okay, that's a crazy one. We don't want to go that route. Uh, but the people that are absolutely the ones that you've built up enough trust in that they will confide in you what those issues are. And so do we have that? I look for emotional responses. Are people emotionally engaged? So people, sometimes they, they get scared when they get angry replies. Uh, anger is a very powerful emotion. Uh, I would rather have anger than apathy. Uh, now, we don't want to intentionally upset people, but sometimes people will get upset because if you reveal the truth to them on how they're playing at a lower level than they could have been playing, they either have to accept responsibility for that or they have to blame somebody. And if you're right in front of them, they might blame you. I will take that blame because at least I've broken through this outer shell shell that's holding them back and sticking them there, right? So these are the types of things that we will analyze. Uh, and, and we will analyze from a buying activity. Uh, we will analyze how many people bought right away when the offer was dropped. How many people bought after re repetition of the offer being made on the webinar? How many people bought before the replay was sent out, but after the webinar was over? How many people bought as soon as they saw the replay? How many people buy it on closing date? Now, almost everybody's going to buy on closing day, uh, but there's patterns that you can observe over time. Um, you know, interactions was the interactions. Was there a lot of interactions? There are certain things like um, I was on a webinar once, big, gigantic name, very famous guy. Everybody would know him if I said him, but I'm going to protect his name and his identity on this example here. Uh, but we get on this call and you do this thing where you say, hey, where are you from? You know, everybody does that, right? Uh, and everybody seemed to be from third world countries where the wage for the year is not that much. Now, it's not a judgment. And of course, cost of living can vary from country to country. But I remember everybody on the webinar that was part of it was super excited because we had more people on this webinar this year than anybody and any, any other person put on. It was a big famous person uh, that was doing it. And they're like, they were counting the millions of dollars. And I predicted early on in, in a Slack group with them, I said, I said, don't be surprised if you have trouble with this audience, because I recognize that. And then in post, we analyzed this. And here was a conclusion that we made. It was like when you have a famous author, because this was an author whose book was translated in over 150 different languages, right? It makes sense that a person in a third world country, about all they can afford is a book, so a $10 book, right? So they're not going to be in the market, sadly and unfortunately, and it's heartbreaking. But if you have something, you can't sell them a BMW at a Ford Focus price point, right? Like you just can't do it economically. Uh, and so it's sad that you can't make that offer and then you know tailor it to the local currency. But I observed it, I saw that, and I'm like, okay, this makes sense. This is not going to do well, and that's a clue. And so these are the kinds of things you want to analyze. And it doesn't matter so much. Everybody wants to get it right. I don't care about getting it right. What you do is, is you observe, you adapt, and then you try again, right? So you, you, you attempt, observe, adjust. That's the language that I call this. You attempt it, you observe what happens, you adjust it, and then you try it again. And eventually through iteration, you're gonna get it. 
Now, you're going to get it two ways. One is you will probably get the offer to perform at a level that's significant. But what's more important is you will, over time, develop insight into marketing that you can't read in an ebook, you can't watch on a YouTube video, can't listen to in a podcast. And that's that intangible X factor that's going to make you a majority of your money. But here's where it is, and here's where it starts, and here's where it ends. You are living as close to the interaction with the customer as you possibly can. Everybody seems to want to put the customer last in their marketing. I'll give you a great example. People have trouble driving traffic to their webinars. And they say, well, Jason, like I'm having trouble, blah, blah, blah. And every time I talk to them, it's all about, uh, I spent money on this ad. I did this. I did that. I'm like, yeah, this is all about you. I said, if I'm looking for uh, traffic, the first thing I say is, where do people who desperately need this the most, who would benefit from the greatest, where are they at? And what would they need to hear? in order to give me the time of day. Not how much per click should I pay? Not what advertising network should I use? You got the cart before the horse there, right? So you wanna stay as close, this is the way I know it. It's not the only way, but it's the way that I do it. I wanna stay as close to the customer as I possibly can. And then I don't feel like I can do wrong. What do they need to hear that they're not hearing right now? What are the false limitations that hold them back? What are the biases that they have and how they make decisions, right? How are, how are they even greater than they realize? And how are they selling themselves short? Is what, what gets in the way of them changing their life and their problem or the issue? Uh, and I obsess over those things. And then I try to see if my obsessions are correct by putting them in front of people and getting validation. And that's, that's why I like the webinars is because we can very quickly in rapid fashion, roll it out there in a way that our audience appreciates it because it's always service first. Let me put this in front of you. Let me see if I'm on the mark with understanding your needs. If I'm not, I'll adjust it. If I am, I'll accelerate it. If I get you today, let me go even further and get you more than anybody else could ever hope to get you. And that's the philosophy. And that's why the webinar I feel is super effective. You do hot seats. You, you try to solve problems during the webinar. No, <laughs> no, that's not so, you know, there's there's activities that you do to get a customer and then there's activities you do with somebody once they're a customer. Context is key here. A lot of people have trouble with context is it's hard to get anybody to even come to a webinar and stay for the full thing if they don't pay for it. So somebody who doesn't pay you, they're sitting there, arms crossed, uh, waiting for any excuse whatsoever to exit out of your webinar and go back to you know stalking their ex on Facebook or whatever, right? Now that person pays you. They could pay you $1 and you give them eight hours of content and they're like, where's the other eight hours? All of a sudden when somebody shifts from a, from a, uh, a prospect to a customer from an identity perspective, their expectations shift because they say, hey, I've given you money, so therefore I wanna conform. So therefore that means that there's more value in this information than any information I have for free. And so they change their expectation. So hot seats when somebody has paid you money may make sense. Typically hot seats, hot seats before somebody has paid you money don't make sense uh, because you're not going to get the sort of leverage that you would need to have impact from a hot seat perspective in a webinar setting. Now I can tell you 50 other settings where a, using a prospect hot seat strategy may or may not work. Uh, but it would be something to troubleshoot and try out. But generally, the, the power of the webinar is the one-to-many aspect. I can communicate to many of you 
while being one of me and not having 50 different conversations, but having one conversation to 50 different people. And so generally what you do is, I mean, there's two ways that you can help somebody is you can elicit their information and then solve it based on what they give you. That's effective. A more effective approach is when they don't have to tell you what they need and you already know what they need. That is exponentially more effective. And so we will present to multiple people at once in a way that will communicate almost to the individual level, even though it's addressing a mass audience, because we've done the work. I'll tell you another great aspect to utilize that a lot of people don't is I, I've probably read 50,000 comments at this point from people's pre-launch videos. So in the internet marketing space, everybody does these pre-launches. Uh, my friend, Jeff Walker, who's one of the most brilliant minds in this business and also one of the greatest guys I've ever met in this business, really pioneered the product launch formula. And part of that was like, hey, launch video one, there's nothing for sale. Uh, leave a comment when you watch this. And some of these big launches get thousands of comments. I have, I have paid my dues by reading those comments over and over and over again. Uh, to the point where I, because one make money offer is about the same as the other one in terms of what do people want? They want to solve this issue. Uh, it's just a different dress or a different pair of shoes. And so I started to spot and understand some of the inner workings of the psychology involved after reading thousands of comments. And so I've learned a lot about human natures and how they make purchasing decisions and what holds them back and what is legitimate and what is not, not legitimate. And so these are the things now that are dripping in every webinar I do. And, and, and they, by the way, every coaching session I do, every consulting session I do, every paid product that I create, but how they're deployed will change uh, based on the context of the, the, the thing that we're using. Uh, it, it's very complicated in one aspect, but it's not in another aspect, right? It's like, I'll give you a great example. When people think, hey, make money online, what are typically the appeals that they think people are looking for? Not a rhetorical question. What yeah. do you suppose that, what do you think that they really want when somebody wants to buy a course to make money online? Like, what are they looking for? More, more time, more cash, knowledge, structure, templates, how to start. Yeah, I mean, and then from a psychological standpoint, the traditional answers are they want freedom. They want to have the ability to live their life more autonomously. They don't want to have alarm clocks when they wake up in the morning. If they want to take a vacation at any point in time, they can. Uh, and they have the economic means and they have the mobility to do that. Uh, and all of those things are generally true, but they're not the heart and soul of what's really going on. When you read a comment where somebody will say something like the following, um, they'll say, listen, I just had to put my dad in a nursing home. He's suffering from dementia. And it's sad that half the days he doesn't even know who I am. And I'm just trying, I'm trying to make my money. So that way I can, I feel like I can support him in this nursing home. And it's really hard and it's been stressful for me. And I haven't been able to spend that much time with my children because my job, even though it doesn't pay me well, it takes up all this time. And it's really affected my relationship with my husband. And I have all this going on. So thank you so much for giving me hope that there may be another option for me to pursue, right? That's that's a dimensionalization, as I call it. And I have thousands of stories in my head. So when I sit down to write a webinar or communicate with my audience, I feel that. I feel these thousands of different struggles that people have. And I don't generalize it to the level of impersonalizing it. Like most of these people aren't looking to get rich. 
they have some sort of crises that is making it hard for them to even conceive of their life being at all enjoyable if they continue the way that they're going and the way that it manifests is in all sorts of different, very personal problems. Now, you only get a glimpse of them. It's not appropriate uh, for you to know too much, nor is it appropriate for them to share that much. You got to have boundaries with this stuff. But you will start to really feel the heartbeat of the marketplace and the humanity of it if you go in at that level. Uh, and then that's when you can show up with that care because you know what they're going through. You know what really pisses me off is a lot of people say people are lazy. That's why they don't take action, right? I mean, if you just check your dad into a, a, a nursing home and you're distraught emotionally and you're afraid because some days he doesn't remember who you even are, right? Well, maybe you're not lazy. Maybe there's a lot going on in your life. But people don't tend to give the benefit of the doubt. They oversimplify it. And I have all these little dimensions when I'm thinking about who I'm serving and how I'm showing up. And I take it very serious because I know what's at stake. And I feel like people, uh, if they took the same approach, they would take this a lot more serious, too. And they would know what's at stake. I'll tell you what else it does for you. It lets you get out of your own way. Um, if you're focused on your limitations... You're like, well, I can't do this. I'm going to have trouble doing that. It's going to be hard. What if I fail? Blah, 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 right? You want to have their problems overshadow your problems. These people are dying and they need a life raft, a life preserver. I want to swim out there and throw it to them, right? All of a sudden, your problems become insignificant uh, in, in, in relationship. Now, no problem is insignificant if it's significantly impacting you. Don't get me wrong there. But a lot of the, the superficial problems of who do I target? What do I offer? How do I show up? What technology do I use? Blah, blah, blah. That stuff melts away when you're like, these people out here are struggling and every day I can't get in front of them and help them, they will continue to struggle. And then that's, that, that's jet fuel that will propel you to move forward and you won't even notice your own challenges and struggles as much that stop you from doing what you're doing. Uh, and you will show up and you will have an impact and serve them. And it doesn't take much. If you can do that for five people, then you can do that for 5,000 people. And oftentimes it'll be very easy to do that once you get over that first hurdle because it's so rare in the marketplace. Uh, people typically, they don't get served in that way. And so when somebody shows up that serves them in that way, it's like, boom, all of a sudden now overnight practically, you become the go-to person. Yeah, we have a couple minutes more and I am so curious about number three. So we know now we are here to serve. We are here yep. to be near to the people, deliver as much value as we can, helping them really solve their problems with by sharing our gift and making a, an invitation to work. Now, what is the structure of the webinar itself? How should it be? You say two hours. If it's two hours, how should it how should it start? What's the middle? Yeah. So generally, a, a webinar is going to go 60 to 90 minutes of formal content, meaning from <clears throat> first slide to last slide. Uh, after that, you should stay on and you should answer questions if there's an audience. Um, sometimes you don't bring many people in. I still do webinars where only 30 or 40 or 50 people show up. Those are shorter webinars because there's no material to work with, right? Uh, but generally speaking, your formal structure of content is 60 minutes to 90 minutes. Uh, price point and topic will predicate whether it's closer to 60 or more than 90. I would rather you err on too much as opposed to too little because it's easier to subtract than to add. It's easier to delete slides than it is to create more slides later. So 
uh, don't censor yourself, put it out there and then edit it before you put it in somebody or even afterwards. So the structure is the first five to 15 minutes is going to be the introduction. Introduction is probably the most important part of the webinar because it sets the tone for the, the whole webinar. Uh, and, and a lot of people, you know, the example I always give is a comedian who doesn't set up their punchline is not going to be very funny. The setup is more important than the punchline. And so if you're making a point, a profound point that's going to impact somebody, the setup is far more important than the reveal. Okay. So I'll give you a stupid example, but there's this oversimplistic conclusion in the weight loss market that calories in equals calories out. And that if people just counted their calories more, they would lose weight if it was, as if it was that simple. Now, there's a lot of truth to that. It's not the whole truth, but there's validity to that. But if you just come up to somebody who's been struggling their whole life to lose weight and say, oh, it's really simple, just calorie in, calories out. Um, if they're polite, they won't slap you in the face. But if they're not, they will, right? It's just, you've got to set that up. So that might take 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes to set it up to reveal that. So part of that setup is in the introduction. In the introduction, you got to set up several things. You got to say, listen, here's why this is going to be different than any time you've ever had before related to this topic. Here's why I know what I'm talking about. I have authority and I have the confidence that I expect you to listen to me. Uh, and you will listen to me if you want to benefit from it. Here's here's what's going to happen. So I'm setting the, the tone for the rest of the webinar. Uh, and here are some very specific things you're going to be able to do after the webinar you could never do before. And so that's parts of those are in the intro, if not all of those things. Um, you want to have drama too. Like you want to make it exciting, compelling, engaging. Uh, otherwise, it's just boring and bland and blah. And people have too many other options and what they could do with their time if you don't reel them in both logically and emotionally. And then you go to the content portion. Content portion is essentially 30 to 60 minutes, depending on what you're trying to teach. Uh, you want to transform more than inform. That's what I always say. So transformation is more important than information. I want to have them be able to do one thing behaviorally that they couldn't do before. Um, and it can be a very minor, very small thing. And so all of the content is sent around, set around getting them invested in, in, in making them believe that now they can do this thing that before eluded them. So what's one major roadblock that'll hold them back from getting what they want? <clears throat> I'm gonna help them destroy that old belief and give them a better, more empowering belief. So that's the content. And then we have to transition into the pitch because we have to go from educator to salesperson. It's not a very easy transition uh, if you want to do it right. Uh, it's, it can be very uncomfortable, especially if you do it wrong, because people think, oh, well, he's just here to educate and then he's here to sell. What happened? I've got the wool pulled over my eyes. That's one of the reasons, by the way, in the introduction, I will set up. I'll say, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to show you this thing and it's going to blow your mind, I hope. And if it does, then I hope you'll give me the time of the day when I make an offer to you. But if I don't blow your mind, I give you permission. Never spend a dime with me ever. So I want to earn the right to, if this makes sense for you, give you an opportunity if you wish to move forward with me. And then you can decide if you want or not. Is that fair? Um, so I generally will more often than not uh, foreshadow the offer. And I'll get permission from them to say, sure, uh, you have the right to sell me at the end if you do X, Y, and Z. And then I just got to do X, Y, and Z. Pretty simple, right? But the transition is to get them in, to, 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 to transition from teacher to salesperson. 
So generally what I'll do in a transition is I'll remind them of all the value that I've attempted to give them. So it's a recap, but it's done in a very dramatic way. It's like so far on this webinar today, you discovered how to do this and you reveal and we revealed how to do this. And now you understand about how this is important and why this isn't important. And remember this, 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 because psychology works like this. People will generally remember the first thing they hear, the last thing they hear, and maybe one or two other things uh, from one exposure. Repeated exposure, they'll start picking it up, but they lose about 95% of the information um, right after they hear it. It goes in one ear and out the other. They don't lose the emotion associated with it or the state that they were in at the time. That's recallable, even though the specifics aren't. And so you have to remind somebody of all the awesomeness that just occurred that is easy for them to forget, even if it was totally awesome. And so we put them in that state of, wow, this really was remarkable. Wow, I really did get this for free. Oh my God, this is awesome. Thank you. So then you remind them of all the value they've gotten for free. And then you get some commitments for them. You say, so now do you see some ways that you can move forward that you couldn't move forward before? Are you glad that you spent time today with me on this webinar? Do you have hope or once there was no hope? I'm giving very general examples of this here, right? But those are the kind of patterns. And so now people are saying, yes, you're getting them to commit to a better future. If you passively just hope that they'll commit on their own, you're running the risk of them falling back to their old tendencies. Commitment is important to them. Uh, as much as it is to you. So they say, yeah, I'm willing to do this. And then you say, okay, great. Um, now there's two ways we can move forward today. One is I could cheer you on from the sidelines or two is I can be an active participant in this future that you want to move forward to. And then if you want me to be an active participant to really help you out and go even further with you, here's what I have for you. So it's about framing the offer in its most truthful and most appropriate light. It's not I'm doing something to you by selling you something. It's I'm providing something for you and giving you the option whether you want to do it alone or do it with me. And if you want to do it with me, here's why I'm going to make the case that doing it with me is better than doing it on your own. Uh, and then that's the structure. And then you go into the offer. Here's what you get. Uh, here's why it's valued at this much. Here's what people normally pay for it. Here's what you'll pay for it for a limited time as a special offer. Here's all these awesome bonuses uh, that's going to take it over the edge to make it even more incredible. Uh, here is the, the terms, meaning um, the availability of this offer, uh, where to go to get it, et cetera, et cetera. And then here are some of the challenges that people need to get answers to to know if this offer is right for them or not, which is the objections. Um, that's the overarching structure. Now, you know, it would take us hours to specifically explain multiple calls to actions, how to structure a bonus, what bonuses work and don't work, yada, yada, yada. Um, those are the details, but that's the overall structure of a solid webinar. And, and that's what you teach. So people who want to have it all, where where do they go? Well, it just so happens to have this thing right in front of me here. <laughs> it's called One to Many. So it's a book that I wrote. It's available on Amazon. It's the best-selling uh, physical book on the topic of webinars. And it teaches the, the, the exact formula with very minutia and very specific. It's 300 some odd pages. I think there's 200 slide examples in there. Uh, it'll set you back if you go Kindle like a whopping $2 or $9. It's $9. It's like, oh, my God. you know. So that's where you'd want to go to get that. Um, and that will give you the full information of the structure of the webinar. And really, ultimately, I want people to do webinars my way. 
because I think everybody benefits from them. I think that the audience benefits the most from these webinars structured in this way. And I think obviously the people, you know, there's this problem in the business where mediocrity rises to the top. What do I mean by that? People who spend 20% of their time on the product and 80% of their time on the pitch will typically outsell people who spend 80% of their time on the product and only 20% of the time on the pitch. So your hardcore experts who live, eat, breathe, and sleep the very thing are never gonna be found in the marketplace because they never market themselves. And that's a tragedy. And so I wanna take expertise and give them the structure of marketing to accelerate that expertise. But right now, very often, the true experts wallow in obscurity and those that are just competent enough to look the part, they win because they spend a majority of their time on the packaging of the gift, not what's inside the box. Bravo. You have one, one more customer. I'm going to buy the book immediately after this. Thank you, Jason, so much. This was an, an, an advanced masterclass on webinar. This, this is so much value that you generously give away. Thank you so much. And uh, who should be my next guest? I'm telling you, Dan Hollings has got to be your next guest. <laughs> Biasedly so, because, you know, we're publishing him. It is the best thing we've been doing from a marketing perspective. But Dan is an absolute genius. He was the marketing guy behind the secret, um, the strategist that came up with that whole concept. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Is there anything I forgot to ask you? Uh, probably, right? <laughs> I will tell you one thing is like, here's what I like about webinars that a lot of people think is a negative thing and I think is a positive thing. Is webinars are not as effective as they once were. Caveat, what do I mean by that? I mean, if you show up like a drunk and you don't put any effort in, your webinars aren't gonna work as well. You could have done that in like 2014 or 2013. So you could have been very mediocre and done well for yourself simply because you were an early adopter. It is absolutely true. Those days are gone. I love the fact that those days are gone because all the mediocrity has been weeded out. And man, the webinar is an opportunity to make money is greater than it's ever been, but not for people that do it half heartedly. And I think that's wonderful because that's how a market should work. People don't tolerate any more mediocre, mediocre webinars when there's so many options. Uh, and so this is more of an incentive to do it right. The pay is greater than ever if you do it right. The impact is better than ever if you do it right. Uh, but it will also clear the calculator of all these other people that would normally get in your way because they're off doing other new, hot, cool things on the internet and creating traffic jams over there. So in general, yes, you can't skate through this and, and lackadaisically do webinars. But uh, the upside is if you've done them the way you always should have done them, which is the way we teach, they're now more effective than they've ever been. So while a majority of people are complaining that their webinars are performing worse than they've ever been, those who are doing it right, like us, we are making more than we have ever made on our webinars. So that's, a, that's something just to keep in mind. Powerful. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your techniques. And uh, please come back soon. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.